outer space if I could. Yeah. Like say, like say a company's like, okay, you jump on the spaceship, and I guarantee you'll come back to Earth. Would you go? Uh, would I go? Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. I'd probably go for the main reason that I would come back. Yes, I would go because no one. How many people are going? Let's let's be that question. Uh, let's say on a spaceship, maybe twelve. Twelve people. Yeah. Would you be one of the dozen? Uh, I would have to know the other people because I'm very um I'm very picky about the people I want to see me uh panicking. Uh huh. And I know okay. that as soon as the ship goes off. And <laughs> the ship I know, <laughs> and I know that at a certain point, I think, in a launch of a ship, right, that something or the tail end of the ship departs. Yeah, it comes off. Yeah, like the the uh, the burners or the rocket stuff, the fuel modulators. I think that would scare me more than anything, honestly. Yeah, because I know that when that goes off, you ain't landing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's up for grabs. Like it's all downhill from there. I would just want to like go up and just look around for like an hour and come down. I wouldn't want to be there too long because I think I'd start panicking too. Yeah, I think honestly maybe an hour is too long too. Possibly, yeah. Because you think about it, a lot happens in an hour. Well, I'm sitting here talking shit. I'm th- I don't even want to get on an airplane. So, <laughs> I mean, a spaceship. That's kind of kind of crazy well a lot of people are scared of heights and they get on a plane and it's not that because you I, honestly you don't really know that you're that far up i think like I, w- I would know I, yeah. you're aware that you're that high up but for some reason that fear of um of heights just doesn't kick in because i think people aren't scared of heights they're scared of falling off yeah like that's their fear. It's that sudden stop at the end that yeah. that gets people. And I think on a plane, these pilots are so well trained that even if something goes bad, it's fine because these pilots, I'm pretty sure on some Ameri- on like American Airlines and stuff, they're like taken through tests like each so many years to make right. sure that they're still, you know, on like the top a, of their game. Like a stress test? Yeah. See. Like I couldn't be one, cause I'd like hit a button panicking and I'd break a switch, and then yeah. we're fucked. Well, I think that uh, the instructors or the um, the teachers that teach you how to fly, they know when you're ready. True. Yeah. Like I'm sure they put pilots through tests that are like, you know, one engine failed, you have one more, and you have to get to this landing zone, right. and now. You have so many virtual virtual reality things that can simulate that thing, and it looks real. Right. It looks like totally real, and I'm sure that they have this some kind of box or something. Like I actually saw this on TikTok. They would put pilots in this little like box looking thing, but inside it, it looked exactly like a cockpit. That's crazy. And they would like simulate different situations, like situations where somebody's like trying. To um to like make a landing and the wind's too strong and they get turned sideways or something they had to take back off. Oh shit! <laughs> I actually saw a video on that too that um 
a landing went wrong and the wind was blowing too hard and the pilot couldn't sit it down easily. Oh, and they would try to land and they'd have to take back off again because they couldn't oh, wow. touch the ground. That's crazy. And all the pilots were get, uh, all the passengers were getting mad because there was a lot of people getting sick. Oh. Because um, you can you imagine? Yeah. Like probably not even getting sick from like uh, motion sickness. Some of them are probably getting sick from actual fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I've seen this movie, what was it, Rush or something? Where uh, the guy that played Thor, he was in it. And uh, before every race, he would throw up. That was It was based on a true story. But uh, that was his thing. He'd get nervous, he'd throw up, and he was all good. Yeah, I know a person, I'm not going to say names, but before football Perry. games. <laughs> but, <laughs> but before football <laughs> games, they throw up every single time. Oh, <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, every about. single time. Like, yeah. Uh, probably, I don't know, 20 or so minutes before game time, you hear them every time. Wow. That's crazy. Every time. Some people get triggered even by that sound. Yeah. That sound of just someone acting like they're throwing up. Dog poo gets me. Dog poo? Dog, yeah. You're yeah. You deal with plumbing so I know, much. I know. And I've had many sewer pipes bust open. And like. Not so is I, it actual like like human shit that comes out? Yeah. That's what goes down the toilet. I know. But like. Yeah. Like can you see like the turds? Sometimes. Oh, no. No. And, no, and no. usually it's a block. If there's like uh, like tree roots uh-huh. on a block, the toilet paper is what gets stopped on it. So what's your nastiest experience oh doing plumbing oh it's great there was this one house uh, actually uh i would have to say the one when i worked at roadies in somerset there was this house it was a corner house and they had the rod out like the uh where you rod out the rod out station we call it basically it's like a t that comes off the pipe comes up and it's got a cap and that's where you stick your cable in well it was right by this lady's back door so it was on a patio, mm. and it was, like, right to the right of her uh, door. And uh, we had to pop it. So she comes out, and she's going to ask us a question, and we popped it open, and it was overflowing, kind of like it looks like a volcano. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all that shitty water with toilet paper. And she's like, do you guys want some? Oh. Are you guys? Bleh? And she's trying to tell us, like, you guys want some water? You're thirsty? But she kept going. Bleh. I started laughing <laughs> so hard. So she kept doing it, but then we had to like we got it we got it open and stuff, and uh we had to clean up. So we cleaned it up, and she came out, and uh, she started talking, and she asked us a question. So I answered it the same way she was doing earlier, and uh, she asked something like, "How good is it for?" And I was like, "It'll be good for about four <laughs> four <laughs> months." And uh, yeah, she she yeah she didn't like that. Isn't it crazy what people get triggered over? Oh uh, yeah. Like, some people get triggered over like the littlest things. It, yeah. I used to know uh, a person that if, uh, even if they touched their own belly button, they would get sick. Really? Yeah. Belly button? Like belly button, yeah. If they touched their own or if somebody else touched it, oh then my God. they would like throw up. It's like a button. It is. A bu- like, Bam. Like, that's bad. I would sit there and fuck, I'd mess with them all day. There was, there used to be a, uh, there used to be. Like a movie. I learned about this in a um, a U.S. history class I was in. And on the topic of people getting, like, creeped out by, like, the weirdest things. Right. 
there used to be a movie, and it was back in the like the good old days, you know what I mean? But there used to be a movie that it was like the first ever character that had like makeup and like good effects on them. Oh, okay. Like make them look weird. Right. right? So when this movie came out, people go to movie theaters and see it. There's a certain scene where the person is turned around. They hadn't seen them the whole movie. They just saw their back. Okay. So when all these people went to the movie and see it, they'd never seen anything like this before. Right. So in this, the scene comes up and this person turns around and it's just this monstrous looking. We, we <laughs> would think it's, we would think it's childish right. to get hooked on or get, you know, weirded out by something like this because we've seen terrible things on the internet. Oh yeah. Right. So, when this person turned around and had all that stuff on their face, like people would like pass out oh, in Lord. the movie theater. Oh my God. And our teacher showed us the scene and we was all like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, because we've seen like scream and like, um, like Michael Myers. Oh yeah. And all that stuff, all these weird looking mm-hmm. creatures. What's something, what's a, um, what's a movie character that you think is the scariest movie character? Oh, it had to be, uh, what was that guy off of? I think the guy, it, it was the old guy off Poltergeist. I think it was Poltergeist. No, I might be wrong, though. Poltergeist? Yeah, Poltergeist. What, when did this come out? Well, Is it like an older movie? Yeah, like it's real like, old? In, like in the 80s, maybe. Oh, wow. I think the 80s. How's it spelled? P-O-U-L-T-E-R? Poltergeist. Poltergeist? Geist. Geist? Yeah, it's right there. Polter guys movie. Yep. Okay. I think it's the old guy with the hair, like gray hair. <laughs> Polter just. Polter just. Polter just is what it says. Poltergeist. Okay, so let's read about it. So strange and creepy happenings. Best an average California family. The feelings. Steve. Deanne. <laughs> teenage Dana, eight-year-old Robbie, and five-year-old Carol Ann. When ghosts commune with them through the, hold on more, through the television set, initially friendly and playful, the spirits turn unexpectedly menacing, and when Carol Ann goes missing, Steve and Diane turn to a, what is that? Parapsychologist. Yeah, it's What's like a, a parapsychologist? What is that? It's a, the paranormal. Oh, paranormal like psychology? She'd be like, come to the light, Caroline. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was a little midget, too. She so. Was Para, so parapsychologist or parapsychology is mm-hmm. like psycho like ghost like yeah it's like the study of ghosts uh, and, and so stuff. steve and diane turned to a parapsychologist and eventually an exorcist for help yeah she gets stuck in her tv and she comes wow. out of the tv but look at this dude i think that's oh. the guy here let me go to images real quick Let's see. I'm pretty sure it was him because I could picture him with like so images. he had gray hair and a, a, a hat. This guy right here? Is that a uh, guy? Uh, no, no. No? No. Okay. It might be a different movie. Hmm. That does sound creepy though. Here's the... That's a clown. Yeah. We'll see her by the TV. Yeah. She's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. They used to come up with the like... They still do come up with the weirdest concepts for scary movies. Oh yeah, they still do that. Definitely. Like I don't, I don't know. Like I, I sometimes I'll have ideas for like if I was gonna make a movie or something. But these people, 
they think of every little like scenario and stuff. Oh yeah. Like coming up with a movie idea wouldn't be that bad or that hard. I think the problem would be coming up with all the other stuff like the cut scenes and the yeah. the scenes that don't really matter and you have to build up to the big moment like the climax. Right. Like the um what is it? The um the uh rising action. Yeah. Right. I got you. I'll give you a, a uh, English <laughs> but yeah so do you think that's the scariest movie uh, or do you just think that's the scariest like character see t- t- I don't think he was in Poltergeist then because I didn't see a picture of him but yeah I could I could picture him in my head he had like long gray hair with like a hat but that guy was scary but uh yeah I mean some people are scared of ghosts they're uh clowns yeah, clowns. Some, some people don't like. I think my sister's scared of clowns. I th- I don't think it's it, it's not that they like do anything. It's just some people don't like the like some people. I'm sure are scared of the Joker. Yeah, because all that makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it's just creepy. It's a shame that that one guy died though. That did the last Joker. Oh yeah, because he was awesome. What was his name? Well, we'll look it's it up. Phoenix, ain't it? Let's see. We can look it up. The great and powerful um, Google is about to tell us what it is. Oh, yeah. What, what would you type in for that? It would be like... Uh, Joker, Batman. Joker, what, dies? Or like... No, just Joker, Batman. What was it on? Batman uh, Begins or Batman Rises? Oh, no. Let's see. Joker. There he is. That guy. This one? Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's see. I'm sure that it will be... It can be... It'll be easier. Ledger, what's his name? Heath Ledger. Yeah, that's who it is. Ledger died on the 22nd of January in 2008 as a result of an accidental overdose of medications. A few months before his death, Ledger had finished filming his role as the Joker in The Dark Knight. Yeah, he was the best Joker of all time. Isn't that crazy that people that are that stressed out, they have to take that amount of medication just to feel normal? Mm Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Well, normally, like, they do it to escape, but then all of a sudden they have to do it just to feel normal, like we do sober. Yeah. They have to take it just to feel like we do sober. I think a lot of people have that kind of stuff, though, that they do just to feel normal. Yeah, but sometimes people don't have a lot of people to talk to, though. Yeah. You know, you're stuck in your own head. That's the worst place you could be. What do you think is something that you do that is normal for you and makes you feel in a certain type of mindset that just is normal to you now but if someone started it that would change their whole life what's something there that you hmm. think coffee is a good one you love coffee oh yeah I love because coffee. like if i started drinking coffee every morning i'd be balls to walls <laughs> yeah you'd like, be wired for sound i haven't drunk caffeine in so long that's like, crazy it's that been so like long well i had um blood pressure issues wow. and when i cut all the caffeine out my blood pressure dropped so much just because I wasn't having that rush. See, I'll get uh, caffeine headaches if I don't have caffeine. I'll get a, a pounding headache. It feels like it's in the back of my eyeball. When I when I first stopped, those headaches were terrible. Oh, yeah. Those headaches were... That's oh your body God. going through withdrawal from it. Yeah. Like, them, the headaches are, oh, my God, awful. It's like it's like if you, uh like, quit sugar... Or like, what you can't quit. Like, I don't think you quit sugar. You need sugar, I think, right? 
Uh, I believe you need sugar. Well, they got like sweet and low and shit like that. So yeah. Let's see. That might do you need, I'm going to say, do you need sugar? Do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do know about everybody else. Sugar. I definitely do. Let's see. Our bodies need one type of sugar called glucose to survive. Glucose is the number one food for the brain and it's an extremely important source of fuel throughout the body. See. Yeah, so you need some sugar. I need like I three glucoses. You put way too much sugar in your coffee. No, it's my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't telling people to drink it. Yeah, it's true, though. I mean, I don't know. I, sometimes it put probably too much, but I mean, it is what it is. They say live every day like it's your last. Yeah. That's what they, that's what they say. So I, if I, I want. I that because it might be. <laughs> <laughs> so if I want a gallon of sugar. Give yeah. me a gallon of sugar. Just a gallon of sugar. It's good for your body. The it is good. See? Like I said, it says our bodies need one type of sugar called glucose. But glucose, hold on. Glucose, mm-hmm. is that just normal sugar or what? No, I think that's what's found in like bread. They got like glucose. Because people are glu- glucose intolerant. Yeah, glucose intolerant. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So what you're telling me is that when you make your coffee, instead of sugar, Rip up some bread. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying that I make up for everybody that can't have sugar. Yeah. I have their sugar. That, that way it keeps a lot of like Chinese people and stuff in you business. Know, you know, there's a story that in your case, it'd be like, well, I can't have sugar. Then, Or you're like, or if someone is overdoing something, right? Okay. Overachiever. L- okay. Let's say sugar. All right. Okay. Someone else is looking at them and saying, I wish I had sugar. Right. Okay. So here's the point here. Okay. So there's a kid on a like a balcony. He's okay. looking down on someone walking on the sidewalk. He's paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair. Okay. He's saying, "Well, I wish I could walk." Right. The person walking sees a bike coming, and he looks at the person on the bike and says, "Well, I wish I could ride a bike." Yeah. And I the see, person yeah. on the bike sees a person driving a car. And that person's going, man, I wish I could drive a car. And the person in the car is looking at Lamborghini going, man, mm-hmm. I wish I had that much money. Everyone wishes that you have what you have, whether you think you have nothing. Right. And sometimes you got to be just happy with what you got because that's no way to spend your time, like, always wishing you had better. You got to be thankful for what you got, though. No matter how bad you have it, someone always has it worse. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I'm reading a book right now. It's called um, it's called Walk in My Combat Boots. Okay. There are some stories in there about some people in Iraq or Afghanistan. Their lives are terrible. Their lives are miserable. Oh, like the people that live there? Yeah, people that oh, live yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. Because we think about how much terror it would be this going there. Imagine living there. Yeah. Imagine that stuff being normal. Yeah. It's never good when something bad becomes just normal and everyday reality. Yup. Absolutely. It's never good. Ever. See, I've seen that, I've seen that kind of stuff in Chicago, though, because we got them ghettos and doing plumbing. I mean, I've been into houses that were just terrible. Like, yeah. like we're here to fix their plumbing, but they basically needed to tear the building down, in my, my point of view. Yeah. You know? But shoot. But some people can't afford more than that you know more than like a rundown building that's all they can afford yeah and like you said everyone looks at it 
a different way. Oh, yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. looks at everything a different way. Yup. Right? There's always a bunch of, like, how would you say it? Like, shades of color to one picture. Yeah. Right? Like, they always say that when people go into, like, a gallery and look at a picture, like a painting. Yeah. I mean, we could be looking at the same painting, but we could see something totally different. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff like that. Uh, it's like if you see a horse first, or mm-hmm. if you, you can see, like, a horse, or you can see, like, a frog. Yeah. And it's, like, weird like that. It's, like, called, like, black images or something. Some therapist uses uh-huh. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah. black images or something like that. Well, it's like that one uh, Brad Paisley song, you know? You see a uh, priceless French painting. Uh-huh. I see drunk naked girls, you know? It's like everybody sees something different. Well, that right there is just a cool picture of a panther. Yeah. That right there is cool. I like, I think, like, matte black looks good on a lot of things. So you would probably like charcoal paintings. Uh, like, hold on. Charcoal. Let me see, let me let me show you some like matte black stuff. So like there was a trend on TikTok that was like uh proving that everything looks good in matte black. Uh see so like uh like this, I think that looks like Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. And let's see, see. That's matte black. I just call it flat black. That's what I would call it. It's matte black. It's what's called M A T T E. Let's see what something else that's like really cool. That like a toilet. That looks cool. I never seen a black toilet. Matte a matte black toilet. Like that's cool to me. I don't know. And like if I could ever have like a nice expensive car, the inside of it would have like leather matte black seats. That'd be pretty. With cool. With like a little like red like uh. Like the stitch. Yeah, like the, like red stitches, <laughs> maybe some like red rims or something. Ooh, just a little red accent on it. Imagine if everybody could make their own car. Imagine what you would be driving down the road and seeing. Oh shit! People yeah. would be like, "Oh, look at that guy. He has a <laughs> hold on. He has a unicorn on top of his car." <laughs> yeah, mine would look like that Johnny Cash song when he's like, uh, he takes different parts from different years. Yeah, and uh, he sneaks them out. So he's got like a 10-year span of a vehicle, but it's all kind of different parts. Some people see Kentucky as the, because uh, we have the um, the uh, Corvette Museum. Right. So being from Chicago and not from Kentucky. Yeah. All right. What do you look at Kentucky like as? Like what's our main thing? Is it the, oh. is it the Derby? Is it maybe, because some people say it's a Mammoth Cave. Nah, it's, it's a national park. Jesus Christ and Kentucky basketball. K- Kentucky, yeah. it's like well down here too. I mean, like you're you're into the uh, the high school sports. They take it serious as hell down here. Yeah, like just like uh like Friday nights. That's mm-hmm. you know Friday night lights. It's yeah. like a it's like a show on TV almost. Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, that's what I I learned about the basketball. They take that a little serious, but the football, the Metcalf, the Hornet football. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. There was my coach, my coach, Coach LJ. He said this one time. It was my freshman year, and I don't know if he remembers it, but he set us all down and he was like, "Boy, some people live vicariously through you." Yeah, and that's and going through my career and being you know my fifth year senior now, mm-hmm. looking back on it, that is so true because yeah. you don't really see. That many people gather together until Friday night at seven o'clock. Oh yeah, not even basketball games. Yeah, you come up that hill and you round around, you know, like the plague, 
the playground, the baseball field, and you hit that straightaway going to the football field. Yeah. And them lights are on, and you mm-hmm. see all them cars. Yeah. It's 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 a, it's a sight to see, definitely. That's, that right there is a sight I hadn't got to see so much because I've been yeah, you're playing. Already, yeah, you're I think the coolest there. thing. I think the coolest thing is that when because the players get there extremely early. Right. I think let's say the game starts at seven. I'll probably get there at two, two thirty. Oh, okay. So when I get there, I think that's the most soothing moment of the whole day. It's like the calm before yeah, the storm. Because, you know, the pylons are set up, the field's mm-hmm. marked, all the tents are set up or the tent for like the gatekeeping set up and you drive right. past it mm-hmm. and you and I think that's when I flip my switch to hey, it's game day. Yeah. You you smell the freshly cut grass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's not a better feeling than when the whole team goes out for the first time to warm up. Ah, I, got I think you. that's when, you know, it really kicks in that you know that it's about to, you know, it's about to be game time. Why does most of them always, like, tuck their shirt halfway up? Because it's not as hot that way. Oh, okay. I thought so, it was a style thing. Well, it, it looks good, but mostly because it's not as hot. Okay. Right? I always so wondered that. It's the same deal when people take their shirt off when they're working. Right. We can't take our jersey off, so we just tuck it up. Oh, and it only goes so high because you got the pads on. Yeah, we got a strap because it, it straps in. Oh. When it, So the straps kind of stick out, so the straps kind of hold it from going back down. So my rib would probably hold my shirt up. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, shit. You can tell that story. Okay, so your left rib has a big curve in it. Yeah, it's it's. I got hit with a baseball bat in it. So dude hit me with a baseball bat, and it, like, curved. It, like, healed that way. Wow. But my sister said I had, like, a barrel chest or something, because that's what she said. But I always wondered, like, about my ribs, so... It's but it, it don't hurt or nothing. It's just, it's out there. And you can't really notice it unless I sit so. Yeah. You know, like, people don't look at me and be like, what's what's wrong with your side? That's another thing with people thinking that you yourself will notice something about your body. Oh, yeah. That someone else does, doesn't even notice until you say something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, you ever look at somebody and uh, you think it's all okay, and then they're like, yeah, my uh, my foot's broke. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Be like, I didn't even notice. It's yeah. like a... The one time I was dating this one girl and her uh, dad was a Vietnam veteran and he had a friend. His name was Ricky. I think his name was Ricky. I want to say, yeah, Rick. And uh, he had pants on, like, you know, when I met him. And then, uh, like, later, I I seen him a few times. He would come over and visit her dad and shit. And uh, one day he came over in shorts and he had two prosthetic legs. Wow. I would have never guessed it. He walked perfect, you know, and everything. And uh, t- I would have never guessed it. Them Vietnam dudes are tough as shit. Well, I went They're to... uh tough as nails. See, they got this thing in uh, Kokomo, Indiana. It's called a uh, Vietnam Veteran Reunion. Mm-hmm. And I got to go there. It's basically in the middle of a cornfield. And uh, you buy plots. Like, mm-hmm. you could buy... And the plots are like back-to-back squares. And there's a whole row of them. And then there's a road. And then it's another uh, plot. You know, like two, two, and two. Yeah. And uh, I went there one year. We went there and we uh we got a hotel I think we did, but people camped there, and uh those guys are wild. Yeah. Oh my god, 
I was sitting there one time around a, a campfire, and I was drinking and stuff. I was like, shoot, I had to be probably 20, I want to say like 26, 27 maybe. Wow. Like around that age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting in the around the uh, campfire with all the older guys, you know, listening to them bullshit or whatever. Yeah. And the way I was sitting, I could I was like facing the fire and everything. And to my left is where the second plot behind us started. So I just happened to look to my left and I see this like younger dude about my age pop his head out of a tent mm-hmm. and he's got this bar, this uh, jar of moonshine. It was like blueberry or something. And uh, he just looked at me and he like shook the bottle at me. I didn't say anything to anybody. I just stood up and I walked over there. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. And uh, th- we walked into his tent and he had folding tables set up in his tent with nothing but jars of moonshine. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, I was already buzzed. Wasn't this, where's this at? Kokomo, Indiana. Kokomo, Indiana. Yeah, and it's only for the Vietnam veterans, and they've been doing it since the, the year after they came home. Because what happened was they never had the homecoming they should have got. See, my uncle, my mom's brother, my uncle Eugene, because my mom's Polish, and uh, he was in Vietnam, but he won't talk about it. Like, some people talk about it, some people won't. A lot of people don't talk about and it. he yeah. don't talk about it. And I didn't know that he was a Vietnam veteran until one day we were at my grandma's on, a like, a family get-together. And uh, we were throwing a, a baseball or a football around. And uh, he was throwing with his left. And he was throwing like a girl. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, look, Uncle Eugene, you throw like a girl. And my dad called me over. He was sitting on the porch. Yeah. And he's like, the reason your uncle throws like that is because he's got hit with uh, shrapnel. All on his right side. Oh, wow. Like a bomb went off and he got yeah. hit with all that metal debris and everything. Mm-hmm. And it messed up his whole right side. That was the last time I ever said anything to him about it. Yeah. I would, I never said anything. But, see, the girl I dated, her dad would sit and tell me stories. He yeah. said that one time there was a black guy. They were in the trenches. And a gorilla came and started fighting the black dude. Like boxing with him, <laughs> like fighting, fighting him. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's like, it was some wild stuff down there, and I was like, man, I can only imagine. Yeah. But yeah, he said that they had to shoot that gorilla because it went after. It, it probably didn't go after him just because he's black, but yeah. he just—that's the guy he picked to go after. Yeah, and uh, he jumped in the the hole with him. And that's wild. Yeah, I mean, and then I I asked a lot of the uh, um, the Vietnam veterans. I said, what movie is the closest one? That depicts what you guys been through. And he said Platoon. Platoon is the closest one. Platoon. So if y'all are out there and y'all want to see a real, what it's like in war, go and watch the movie Platoon. Yep, it's got Charlie Sheen. I watched it plenty of times. All right, so let's look it up real quick. I'm going to say some stuff about it. It's a really good movie. Yeah, especially if they're saying. It's got this guy Bonds. He's like, (laughs) yeah, Bonds is cool. (laughs) Yep, that's it. Okay, so uh, let's see. There's some more down here. right? So Chris Taylor leaves his university studies to enlist in combat duty in Vietnam in 1967. Once he's on the ground in the middle of battle, his idealism fades. Well, idealism. Uh, idealism oh, fades. he hits the ground yeah. thinking it's something. And yeah. yeah. And, f- and fighting in his unit between Staff Sergeant Barnes, who Sergeant believes Barnes. nearby villagers are harboring Viet Cong soldiers and Sergeant Elias, who has a more sympathetic view of the locals, ends up pitting the soldiers against wait, I'll figure that say pinning. It says pitting. 
ends up pitting the soldiers against each other as well as against the enemy. Yeah, Barnes. The only one that could kill Barnes is Barnes. <laughs> that dude was a beast. It's won Academic Award for Best Picture. Let's what year see. did it come out? Uh, it's let's see, um, 1986. Yeah. So it's an old movie. Oh yeah. Awards. Let's see more of that. Oh wow, it's won a lot. Oh yeah, it's a good, it's a really good movie. Best directing, best film editing, best director, best direction. Uh, let's see, best sound mixing. Uh, uh, best editing. Yeah, that's a lot of awards for oh a movie. Yeah. That's crazy. It's it, it's like really good. I mean, like Full Metal Jacket. That's a good one. Yeah, you know, my dad had it on VHS or uh, yeah. The VHS, he had uh, two movies. He had uh, the Full Metal Jacket, and then he had Hamburger Hill. That's another good movie, like the war movie. But it's about this hill that they had to uh, conquer. Yeah. And what it is, is they called it Hamburger Hill because so many people died trying to conquer that hill. But they finally got it. Wow. I ain't seen that movie in years. It's There's crazy. a movie, I forget what it's called. It's uh, Lone Survivor with Michael Luttrell. Oh, yeah, that guy, yeah. that guy is a beast. He's a beast. He was actually there for the making of the movie to make sure it's right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I saw some videos, and um, in an interview he done, the director of the movie was, like, hanging out with Navy SEALs and, like, people who went on deployment to... That's cool. ...to, like, know how they, you know, interact with each other so he could make a better movie. Nice. Hell yeah. Like, having that kind of dedication... I think in his mind, you have to do that to send the message you want to send to the people who are watching. Yeah. Because if you're going to tell a story, you might as well tell it the way it is. Yeah. Like, don't, I don't, if I'm going to watch a war movie and I'm going to watch it about someone's experience in war, I want to see what actually happened. Yeah. I don't want to see any, you know, sugarcoating. Right. Like, I want to see what actually happened. So when, other people who don't really know anything about the military, they're after watching that movie, their respect rises enormously. Oh yeah, yeah, because you don't want to watch a movie where they like jump out of a, a like a trench, and you know they're running carefree around. Yeah, and then the real seals are like, you could never do that. Yeah, what do popped. they call? It? They call it no man's land. Yeah, you get popped. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shit. There was a uh, one of that uh, the guys. Uh, that I dated his daughter. He had a friend that was a a meter maid. He went around and he uh, checked like gas meters. Mm -hmm. Well, he was a sniper in uh, the Vietnam, uh, out in Vietnam. And he told me he was a Cub fan. So Uh, me being a Sox fan, we we really hit it off. You Mm -hmm. know, I used to give him shit all the time. (laughs) But uh, he told us a story where uh, he had this perimeter. It was like his area. And yeah. he had it all blocked off, like uh, like trip wires or something. Mm-hmm. But it was a certain amount of, like, probably, you know, I don't know how far it was. But that was his section, and something tripped off. Wow. So right away, you know, he went into, like, sniper mode, and he's looking. And it ended up being a fucking uh, a wild tiger. Oh, wow. And he shot the tiger. And then he called in for a helicopter. And he said that he uh, put the tiger onto the helicopter and brought it back to his commander. This, you know, because yeah. nobody's probably ever seen, you know, mm-hmm. like a tiger like that. Yeah. But yeah, out in the jungle like that, it was a tiger. Wow. It, it was crazy. But me and him kicked it off because I went to his house one time. And uh, the reason why we were so close is his. he was like a diehard Cub fan. I don't know why, but 
he just was, but he lived in Indiana. His garage had nothing but uh, the Chicago Cub memorabilia all around his garage. Oh, wow. On his floor of his fucking garage, it had the big circle with the with the big C with the yeah, Cubs. Yeah, yeah. So this was when, before they won the World, the world Series, because I thought they'd never do. I, yeah. I lost a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost a hundred bucks to your brother. Yep. Yeah, that's... Yep. Sh- Shit. Worst bet you ever made. But uh, I had my, uh, I think that it was for some, oh, I had a White Sox jersey and I wore it there on purpose because uh, her dad used to tell me, yeah, he's really into it. You know, I think his name was Mark, I want to say. But uh, so I went into his garage and I'm looking at all these pictures and I purposely walked around inside his garage looking at everything and I just kept making circles. And I wanted him to say something to me, and finally he did. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? And I looked right at him and said, I'm looking for a World Series uh, trophy. I don't see one. He's like, get the fuck out of my garage. <laughs> 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 oh, that was great, though, because I yeah. purposely did that shit. Yeah. I was like, I can get this motherfucker. That's good stuff. But he would always uh, call. It's like during the summer, I lived at the house. And every day he would call, and you'd hear him on the answering machine Cubs won, Sox lost. Today was a good day. <laughs> and fucking every time I'd see him, I'd give him shit. Yeah. And uh, I hung out with him at the at the Kokomo Vietnam veteran thing because he was a drinker. And he's like, hey, let's go get some beers. So we walked and we were watching like the band and stuff. And uh, he's like, you know, this place, because uh, all the Vietnam veterans, when they see each other, they, they say, welcome home because they didn't get that. Yeah, they they like spit on them and everything when they mm. came home. Yeah, and I couldn't believe that. So, the the first time that it really sank in, that you know, like it was like these guys were by themselves and all they had was their brotherhood. I was standing there and uh, I was probably half sober, you know, and I'm looking around, and I'm starting to notice like guys with only one leg, guys with one arm. Yeah. And that's when it like sank in and like humbled me. This ain't a party. This is more of a family. Yeah. Like they're brothers. It's like a reunion. Yeah, for real. They're brother brothers. Yeah. But they had it. They had it at the same spot for shoot. Ever since they came home, like that year. There's they, a. They decided to have it. There's a story in the book that I'm reading. There was a guy that was in uh, a um, a Humvee explosion. IED hit him. Oh. And it blew off his leg. So when his leg was blown off they called fair medvac and they got him out of there when he got back to the hospital and he you know came back to and he was fully there he told the doctor he said i don't want you to work on me i want you to send me back so i can fight nice he said my marines are out there hell yeah Yeah. and that's the kind of attitude that you just don't see in your everyday life right like when your leg's blown off and all you want to do is go back to fight for your brothers like that's that's out there. See, you know, I should try to set something up to where you could uh, you could interview or have a podcast. Uh, I had a buddy, my best friend when I was growing up, Brian Griffith. He uh, he was a Marine, and he did a bunch of tours. And really? now, now he's a Chicago cop. That's kind of weird. That, that he went left. I, or actually, he went right, and I went left. Yeah. But uh, that I think that'd be pretty cool to have him on there. Just set that up. That'd I'm cool. sure I, he had uh, a bunch of deployments. Mm-hmm. So I know he's got to have stories. He has, has to. to. Has know, to. I'm going to hit him up the, later today and see if he do that. Well, we got to make sure that, like we talked about, that he talks about it. Oh, does yeah. Does he talk about it? Uh, you I have to, think. You have, to, you have to find out. I think he does. He he 
actually I never really asked them because some people don't. And I don't yeah, wanna, I never I, really. Some people. It up. I don't know if it's disrespectful. I don't. She, I don't exactly. really know. I don't really know what the like the social agreement is there. Right. That when they come home, do you ask them or do you right. let them talk about it? I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. If you're a veteran and you're listening to this, make sure to let me know. Yes. Because you don't want to like, ask them and it triggers them or something. Yeah. Because that's the last thing you would want to do. They've been through yeah. hell and back. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The last thing I want to do is make them like, recount that. You know, and when, bring them back there. And when they tell you those stories, do you go out and say their names and tell their stories? Do you do let, it, let them tell it or what? Right. Yep. I don't know. That, cu- that stuff is kind of tricky. Yeah. Because if there's one group of people that you do not want to disrespect, if the people that fought for the freedom. All the veterans. All the veterans, yeah. See, that's what pisses me off because you got people playing games. You know, like, I know you play football, sure. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, okay, I'm going to play basketball. Yeah. And just because I'm good at basketball, I make millions. Yeah. These guys put their life on the line every day that they're there. So they can play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. We we could do what we got to do. Yeah. But, I mean... what I would think is since they put their life on the line, they should never have to pay taxes. They should get free health insurance for the rest of their life. That's what I think. Yeah. And they need more money, I think. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to go there, it's a good possibility that you're going to die or at least be threatened. Your life will be threatened every single moment you're there. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't know. I don't know why we don't do that. I think it's a thing where... And I agree with you. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I'm just saying that I think the reason they don't get paid more is because there's so many of them. But Maybe. Yeah, but, I mean, shoot, how many NFL and teams I, you got and how many players? I agree that they should be paid more. There's so many of them that I think the government is having a hard time paying them. True. Maybe. Then, then you should give them benefits. Yeah, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. if you can't pay them like this, like more, give them make, something. Make them spend less. Yeah, make them spend less. Yeah. Well, so that's what I think. Or like give them like a card that you can that like has money on it every month. Yeah. And like it pays for like gas and groceries and mm-hmm. stuff. And don't put like infinity amount of money on there. Don't let them like. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Get them, yeah. <laughs> but. I think, yeah, they definitely should have some... Uh, they should have props. Yeah. Yeah. A- absolutely. They should have respect all around the world, and especially in their home country. Because like you said, you you seen that one thing on your book or whatever where the guy got hit with a, in a Humvee and yeah. had his leg blown off. Mm-hmm. That could happen at any moment. Yeah. Like, any moment. He didn't know it was coming. No. They could be on routine. Like, they could do something, you know, every day. It's uh-huh. that one day, that one time, that'll get them. There's a lot of stories in that book that the guys are sleeping, and it's 2 a.m., and all they hear is a rocket go off, yeah. or an RPG, yeah. and they have to wake up. Imagine you're sleeping. You're in a deep sleep. 2 a.m., an RPG hits, and you got to remember your training, remember what you're doing. Yeah. And then if you're, like, a top-of-the-line guy, like a commander or something, not only do you know how you have to know what you're doing. You have to know what all your guys are doing too. Yeah. Yup. Absolutely. You have to know where you're at, what you do. And yeah, yeah a lot crazy. of, there's a lot of, I think at the drop of a hat, just yeah. like quick. Mm-hmm. 
I have a lot of respect for those guys. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm running a little uh, behind my schedule. Oh, but you're in trouble. We're going to definitely, like I talked a little about before we started recording, but we might do some more just like casual stuff like this. I think this is better than like I've done. Um, if something comes up, then I can ask you a question about your Chicago days. I think yeah. that would be cool. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to do more of this stuff. And uh, everybody be good, and I'll see you next time.